Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, get comfortable. Test one, two. All right, three, two, one. Nobody likes a good underdog story more than me, your host, Fred Van Vliet. Welcome to Bet On Yourself, a podcast about diverse entrepreneurs overcoming obstacles on their way to building businesses designed not just to survive, but to thrive in today's rapidly changing world. With me, as always, is my co-host and business advisor, Derek Folk, D-Folk as I call him, COO of Folk Williams Financial Management. What's up, D? Hey, what's good, man? Happy to have you. Glad to be here. Our guest today is Nate Bahar. Not everyone can afford a baller, but Nate Bahar has created an app that makes the inaccessible accessible. Firework is an influencer marketing platform which brings brands and athletes together. Through the mobile and web platform, athletes can find businesses and get paid as social media influencers. And businesses can find affordable athletes depending on the size of their budgets. Fireworks tagline is for athletes, by athletes, and Bahar is an athlete himself, so he gets it. He was selected fifth overall by the team we now call the Edmonton Elks in the 2017 CFL Draft and signed with the Ottawa Red Blacks as a free agent in 2019. Welcome to the show, Nate. We're happy to have you. How are you feeling today? Uh, I'm great. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Can't, yeah. wait to have a, can't wait to have a chat, and yeah. it's great to meet you both. We're, we're excited to have you. So we'll get right into it. Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, just tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, your origin story, and we'll get to the good stuff. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big Marvel fan, so the origin story, I can, uh, you know, I, I can appreciate <laughs> that. Um, yeah, so I'm born in London, Ontario. Um, you know, I've been, been in Ottawa since 2013, actually, because I, I went to university at Carleton. Uh, I was raised by my, my mom and my brother in London. Uh, spent a lot of time here in Toronto as well. My dad lives here. Uh, you know, it's just... It was life. Sports was always what it was. Um, football, basketball, a little bit of track. Wasn't quite as fast. I wish I wasn't <laughs> in track, but we'll get to that later. Um, and then, you know, got to, got to Carleton. Um, it was a really unique experience. I think it really did build a lot of what I am today because we, we built a team from the ground up. Our school didn't have a football program before it. We went there knowing we were going to get our butt kicked, you know, a bunch of 18-year-olds. And we did. 0-8 mm -hmm. first year, and then we turned that program around and ended up making the playoffs the next, next three years. And Things were really good there, and then that, you know, forwarded that into a CFL career, um, which has been going great, and always had that little bit of entrepreneurial bug in me. You know, my dad, my dad did some things um, here in Toronto. He owned some businesses, owned some restaurants, different things like that, and started with a football camp, you know, as a lot of athletes do, uh, brought it back home to London my first offseason, trained some kids, and then this sort of bug hit me with firework, and which I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, ad nauseum here, so won't go too into it, but that sort of started, and here we are now. Nice. So yeah, let's 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 dive into that. Where um where did the idea come from for Firework, and and how did you get started in, on that? Yeah, honestly, it was uh, I like to tell myself as most good ideas, it was as organic as possible. I had three different friends over the span of three weeks all reach out to me. It was hey Nate, uh, I'm launching a new company. The first one I think was uh 
sunglasses and bracelets. And it's, hey, when it's time to go to market, think you can connect me with some of your CFL and NFL friends. I'd spent time down with the Giants as well in minicamp and things like that. So, yeah, of course, of course. Less than a week later, another another guy comes up to me and it's he's doing a little crazier Himalayan bath salts that infuse in your uh, shower head or something <laughs> like that. But said, hey, man, I got an idea and I think it's gonna be perfect for athletes like you. You know, when it's time to go to market, can you connect me with some of your athlete friends? And it's okay. And then got back to Ottawa and somebody was starting a clothing line or an athletic wear line. And same question. You know, first time you say yes, second time you say okay, but the third time you hear the same thing, it's okay. What's going on? We all got a supercomputer in our pocket. Why aren't people just going to Google and getting this solved? So it was a long offseason, you know, football offseason's five, six months. You got a lot of time to do nothing but lift stupid iron and pick it, pick it up and put it back down. So started to look into it and realized there was something here. Uh, put out some surveys of some of my teammates and, you know, former people I've played with and realized, dang, I mean, let's let's try something. Nice. Wow. Wow. So was it I'm, – I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to ask, was that always the original ideal and how has the ideal – or the business strategy evolved mm-hmm. once you started it? Yeah, I mean, it was the foundationally, directionally, I guess. You know, it's the, the North Star has always been athlete business, marketing, money. That's okay. been sort of the the uh, magic equation and that's been guiding us. But Not necessarily in that order. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So then it's just been figuring it out. Because, I mean, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know up from down. I didn't know my head from my toes. So what would you say has been the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome thus far? Um... I think personally the biggest one, um, and you know, it's just understanding how sort of the tech side of things works and that deadlines shift. And you know, I'm always, as obviously just more of the business side of the I'm founder, and you know, I'm talking to businesses, I'm shaking hands, I'm doing the zooms and all that. You know, you say, oh yeah, we're going to be ready to launch in March, and then your devs in March are like, oof, and then it's okay, hey, we'll be out mid mid April, and then it's okay, we'll get you something, you know. So just realizing that situations are fluid and how to navigate that has been has been a big learning curve for me um it's probably one of the biggest things about tangibly in the business for sure nice um talk to me a little bit about building a team um kind of you know like you said you reached out to somebody with more expertise especially in a tech space um i think it's easy to uh delegate in areas that you're not uh fluent in but talk to me more about what has taken you to actually build the company out? Because I'm sure you've learned by now that you go from this idea that you have where you feel like you got a, a stop chain here to connect the two worlds. But what has it been like for you to develop a company as you're trying to now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's been fun. You know, it's been, it's been a blast. Um, made several wrong choices too and but that's that's well, talk all right. to us talk to us about some of those without yeah. without naming names or anybody mm-hmm. like that but like tell us some of the things that you felt like you've done wrong so far yeah absolutely i think one of the one of the big things is i'm definitely the uh the optimist the eternal optimist the big dreamer who it's like okay well i got an idea in my mind that's going to be amazing in three years so let's start working on it now and stuff so you know i tried to bring people in um even at you know that the early stage sort of pre-seed and all, everything like that when it was going to just be equity based or whatever it's going to be, but brought people in trying to you know move things along too fast, and because of that you know it ended up putting us back. And the devs and stuff like that, the guys that we have on our team on our founding team, um, you know I think that they did sometimes try to warn me, and I'm not always the easiest person to you know to to approach when I'm all gung ho and I got you know I got my uh, my radar or my antenna up, but. You know, that's definitely one of those things that, I, that I've learned is that things have to go at a natural pace. And, you know, I, I joke with, with my mom that I'm finally learning, you know, in my old age about patience. <laughs> yeah. um, but the founding team is the founding team. And it's been incredible to, to bring them together. You know, I didn't we didn't just go find one tech co-founder. You know, I kind of we kind of brought together the infinity gauntlet. Uh, so we have actually have five guys on my tech side of things that are sort of
sort of and we round out the founding team together. So, um, you know, they've been amazing. Um, everybody's got their own area of expertise, whether it's, you know, front end mobile or back end or, you know, our UX UI designer or or Josh, who heads up our entire product. Um, and they've been they've been with it, you know, with me from the jump. And obviously some of the bumps and bruises in the middle, uh, we've weathered it together. Yeah. So so how long have you guys been doing this now? Yeah, we uh, started ideating coming together sort of around February, March of 2020. Okay. Um, wrote our first line of code in April of 2020. Okay. Um, and then it's just been, you know, going ever since. So uh, you've talked to us about some of the challenges that you have. Um, to, like, walk us through the thought process of how you get through those and, and get on the other side of it because um, in sports, it's, it's easy, right? I mean, you grew up playing sports. I grew up playing sports. You lose, you practice harder, you come back and win. How in this world, in, in a new world to you, how have you gotten over some of those obstacles? Yeah, I think, honestly, um, I think it's taking from sports in that, you know, it's kind of being coachable. Um, we've got an incredible group of advisors who, who help us out, you know, some of them on some of the sports marketing backgrounds, some of them agents that have, you know, rep some of the, some of the biggest names from, CA, you know, in CAA, Excel, all these different places. Um, and then more people that are just tech business side of things. And, you know, they answer my phone calls and they listen to me when I'm, when I'm going crazy. And, you know, we, we, we watched the film back essentially, you know, when the, when some of those mistakes have happened and there's been even on the tech side of things or features or the way we wanted to approach, um, how we're going to go to market, et cetera, where it was just a mistake simply put. And I think the best thing is that I've been, or we've been able to sort of have an advisor come in, sit down with us, get on the phone with our team and be like, Hey, okay. Yeah, we screwed up immediately. Now, what is the solution? Let's start, let's start being solution based instead of focusing on problems. And it's hard because it's one of the things I'm finding hardest is, you know, football is one thing, but there's 24 of you out there. Um, the problems don't always feel as close and personal, but this is my baby, you know, it's like, this is my child. So when a problem happens, it's really hard for me to not get emotionally invested in that problem. So having, you know, the right people to, to sort of coach me along and pull me out of that rut and say, Hey, we're solutions oriented now is, uh, is big for us. Nice. What's, uh, what's been, what's been something that's caught you off guard? Like biggest surprise that you weren't expecting that blindsided you. I know you talked about, um, dates and, mm -hmm. and things getting pushed back like that, but like. What's something that you can tell us was your biggest surprise so mm -hmm. far? Um, I think kind of on a positive side of things, how helpful people are in the tech world. You know, we were a part of a incubator in, in Ottawa with Invest Ottawa, um, but everybody that you reach out to, you know, I've talked to people from the DMZ, all these different places. You send an email, people in tech and business, like, and maybe part of it's that we have a decent idea that people are interested in, but they really will just get on a phone call. You know, it's right. like it's like there's never answers that aren't there. It's yeah, just they try to make it work the same way that you are. Really, so, yeah. exactly. So that's that's been really sweet to to learn and just want to keep leveraging that. Nice, cool. So. Another question for you. You talked about emotions a little bit, right? So what would you say is your biggest weakness? And how do you take, you know, being an athlete? I mean, I play football not at the level. I've never been a pro, but I'm an athlete, right? And there are certain things that athletes have. So how do you take what might be your weakness and use what you know to turn that into a strength? Mm -hmm. um, I genuinely, I probably got to go with, the fact that, you know, I'm passionate and fiery, but also sort of I'm a, I'm a little bit less analytical than I am, you know, sort of that, with that emotions and things like that. And one of the biggest benefits to me is is Josh, who's, you know, really the number two here, who's who he's that calming influence. He's that analytical mind. So when I come into things, or, you know, I'll, I'll come into a tech sync with the team and guns are blazing mad about this out of the third. He's incredible at slowing it down or it's coming with, the, you know, wanting to make an adjustment and go a different direction with a product line or, you know try to solve something for one client who's super excited about one thing and just having somebody there to 
relax, you know, to, to cool you off. Because I do think that's part of, you know, one of the strengths as well as being that optimist and being energetic and all these things. But it obviously has it's double-edged sword without a doubt. Same as we've seen it in sports all the time with guys who get a little too high, get a little too low. So somebody to flatten me out is, is, has been huge. Yeah. I heard you use two words. I heard you use coachable and teamwork, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of corporations bring in athletes or coaches and people from the sports world to help them run and, and teach people in other parts of corporations how to operate, mm-hmm. right? Because, one, you need a team. Two, you got to be coachable, which means you have to receive information. So I think that's really good. I appreciate that. Okay. So let's talk about something else that we've seen. Over the last year, we've seen probably more uncertainty than ever between the pandemic, Black Lives Matter, and so how would you say that's created some opportunities as well as the challenges? And where do you go and what do you, how do you use that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, for us, it was interesting, you know, being sort of a business that started during and, you know, we've sort of put, been pushing through it. You definitely see it, you know, marketing world. Most businesses will know, you know, first first thing that gets axed is, is marketing budget when things get right. tight. Um, any marketer could tell you that. So. You know, it's we've definitely seen people react to it. Um, you know, still with with where we're at and sort of our business life cycle, um, I don't think it's necessarily been the full on gut punch to to stop us dead in our feet. Um, and, you know, we do feel like everybody kind of feels like we're kind of getting out of it and things like that. So there's definitely an opportunity there as as things start to come back to life that you know we'll be we'll be sort of poised and primed to to make an impact. And then you know, just personally, it's been it's been wild. I mean, it feels like I've lived three lives in the last. You know, in the last year and a bit, I went from being a pro football player and then COVID, you know, knocked out the, the 2020 CFL season. And then, you know, I did some writing and it got published and, you know, in, in McLean, all these different places. And it was like, now I'm doing CBC spots to talk about, you know, social justice issues when I'm hanging up the phone and going to answer emails about a business that I'm now am apparently running. And then it's phone calls from an agent that, hey, CFL is coming back. So it's just been this weird sort of, you know, curveball and you know, there's, there's been a lot of talk about wanting to help black entrepreneurs and, and things like that and, you know, navigate the space and, and make up for the inequities of the past and, you know, what's been, what's been going on. Um, and it's definitely something that, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see, see happen, you know, whether it's because I'm in Ottawa, et cetera, but, you know, raising, raising capital as a, as a black entrepreneur is, you know, I've read too much. I've, I've talked to too many, you know, other black founders and things like that to, to think that it's just a, um, a myth, you know, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And so hoping that, the social reckoning that I guess the world and especially here in the, in the Western world is, has under has undergone is going to open up more opportunities for everybody, you know, marginalized, racialized. Can I, can I have a follow up question to what yeah. you said, raising capital and being a black, a person of color, mm-hmm. let's just say that a person of color in the Western world. What's that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's always that, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard to take your own experiences and, you know, be certain if you can. Um, project that out as the norm, you know, and so you see little things here and there, whether it's the same things you see, the same looks or glances, the microaggressions, et cetera, that you've, that you've experienced growing up. You never really can, you know, put your finger on and say, hey, this was because of that or no, that we was wanna, because we of this. we want to hear it, bro. Yeah. We want to hear it. That's what we're here for. We yeah. want to hear your story mm-hmm. and, and, like, from your point of view, we, we're not going to generalize and, and broadcast it for everybody, but tell us the real. Like, yeah, yeah. Give us the real. No, absolutely. I mean, I, you always... I think part of it as well as being an athlete, it's kind of half the stereotype of the jock as well, where it's, you know, some of the questions I feel like I get answered aren't necessarily pertinent to the business always. Mm-hmm. It's, and there's always this sort of, like, revelation of, oh, wow. You know? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an it's, undertone. It's, right? Exactly. It's an undertone. And yeah, and there's always this patting on your back, like, what an awesome idea. Yeah, well-spoken. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's a backhanded like, compliment. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just kind of this weird thing. And, you know, when 
you're in a conversation that's supposed to be professional or it's supposed to be a business or it's supposed to be about one thing and then you hear something like that, it does kind of pull you out and you're like, oh, we're back here again. Okay, this is this is, this is is where we're at. I got you. So, you know, just always having that feeling like there's that asterisk or that elephant in the room or whatever, what have you. Um, you know, it's tough, but we're going to do it regardless because, hey, that's what we do. Yeah, 1,000%. It's like being on a football field, right? There it is. If they scored or whatever happened, you still going to go back and do what you do. Mm-hmm. So we just have to keep raising the bar while holding others accountable for what doesn't happen. Raise the bar for ourselves. Awesome. Okay, so we I mean, we've got a lot of the the, the cheesy questions out the way. Let's let's give them the the default conversation. <laughs> um I got one just that this is easy for me cuz we're athletes like right. so I got I got two questions for you. You know, you're on the spot as mm-hmm. the founder of Firework. What how do you get me to sign up for this platform? What's what's in it for me? What what sense does it make for me to to be a part of this? Absolutely. Um, I think in the social media world, you know, athletes are athletes are the influencer. You know, what I mean, and you know, I've talked to agents and stuff. Who's there's contracts coming in every single day from you know big companies. It doesn't say athlete X. It says influencer with their name. And the reason for that is athletes are just better at it. You know, there's more opportunities to monetize now as athletes than than ever before. I, mean, I know you have your own store. You've done with the merchandising, everything like that, but. Everything we do on social media, everything we do, you know, that's digital these days has the ability to be commodified. And that doesn't mean, you know, cheesy me posting with a, you know, a, a bottle of shampoo, smiling at the camera or anything like that. But there are dream partnerships out there for everybody that are going to support what they want to do already. So if it's me, it's me posting, you know, uh, my league fit, you know, walking, walking into to the season opener, there's an opportunity there for a natural partnership with a company or a brand, et cetera, that supports you, that you guys are working together in the community, et cetera to be commodified, and that's what we want to bring. You know, we really want to create dream partnerships for everybody, and that's not the cheesy one-offs. So whenever we're out there creating content, that content sh- can and should be branded, and that's not branded to, you know, make money. That could be very simply, hey, I'm going to post this. This money's then going to be, you know, put into a foundation or whatever it needs to be. But those are the partnerships and the, the relationships we want to build in our platform. It's not transactional. We tell people and brands, don't come on here if you're going to give somebody 50 bucks for one story and then move on. We want you to build a relationship with this athlete. The dream we have is, OHL player or some junior somewhere signs with a small brand gets drafted first overall now they're both to the moon and they've both taken off so I would say that we're a place that those partnerships can can begin um, that we want to help foster and just the platform just streamlines it makes so it what easier. is it so what does it take say Fred VanVleet signs up from mm-hmm. Firework today what does that look like it's a uh, download on the App Store yeah search as Firework Mobile on the create App Store a profile. Or Play Store. create a profile uh, link link your socials and that's it and then the brands do the rest of the work so now Defoc is 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 uh, well, that's what I was going to yeah, say. D- so D- I, I want to put on two folk, hats. Yeah. I want to put on two hats. My first hat is I'm an investor. Mm-hmm. Why Why should I invest? Well, the influencer marketing platform industry alone, uh, it's set to 4.5x. It's going from $5.5 billion to 22.3 by 2024. Um, it's going to be $15.5 billion USD is going to be spent on influencers in 2022, which is a crazy amount of money. But within that, you start to look at athletes. I said they're the most, they're the most uh, influential, and that's a proven stat. You know, every brand cares about engagement rate, right? They want to they wanna pay money for the people who, without fake followers, et cetera. Athletes have been proven, 2020 study, they have 3.3 times higher engagement rates than traditional influencers. You know, you're dude with the fancy hat and, you know, the mommy blogger, acid washing her photos, all that stuff. Athletes are just better. So we see everything shifting to social media. We see how big this industry is going and growing, and it's not stopping with TikTok, everything, all the other ways to monetize. And it just becomes obvious that this, you know, that $22.3 billion pie, there's a massive chunk of it that's going to be going towards athletes and athlete marketing. And obviously our technology and our, our approach can be expanded past just athletes. 
but it's close to my home. It's the most complex deal cycles as well. So, you know, mastering this, streamlining it in the best way, and then expanding into, you know, adjacent markets is, is a no-brainer. Okay. That's my first hat. I like your <laughs> response. My second hat, I'm a market. I'm a brand. Yep. And you want my brand on your platform. Mm-hmm. So you want to attract me because you're going to get Fred Van Fleet on your platform, and you're, you want me to write Fred a check. Mm-hmm. So why should I? Absolutely. So through our platform, you're going to get more of an understanding about Fred. We also um, build, you know, unique personas for each one of our athletes and each brand as well. You know, the reason that uh, Colin Kaepernick's Just Do It campaign with Nike works so well is because what he stands for as a person, his values, how he speaks to the public, et cetera, matches the persona of a Nike, what they stand for, et cetera. So you're going to start to understand as a brand the right athlete fits for you on a human level, which is there's no other platforms that even attempt to do this. That it, so you're going to understand, hey, these are the athletes that make sense to our brand as people. Imagine an Old Spice commercial with... I can't think of a dry athlete, but with somebody who was not funny at all, that, that would not work for anybody. And then on top of that, you know, and really getting into the nuts and bolts of it is that you're going to get all the insights about that athlete. You're going to get Fred, of course, how many followers, all the likes, et cetera, but every piece of data about his audience as well. So if I'm BMW or I'm Mercedes-Benz and I want to work with LaMelo Ball, great in theory, but if you go and see and, you know, 80% of LaMelo's following, sorry, is under 21 or has an average household income of under $35,000, you can spend the money because LaMelo, you know, he's cool and hip and all that, but he's not converting his users into buyers of Mercedes or BMW. And so we equip them with all this information and also do it on the back end as well with real reporting about, about uh, how your campaign went and the impact that, that each athlete or each influencer had um, in a way that, that no one else is trying with some of our algorithms. Nice. So talk, talk us through some of the, the, the business, if you can. Um, like what is the, what is the splits? Because obviously this all got to make sense. Yep. So what does it look like um, as your athlete as well? Mm-hmm. If you have an agent, I'm assuming yep. you know agents love to take 20% <laughs> of all marketing. If you don't have a marketing <laughs> company as well, so what is it now? We're adding another mm-hmm. platform in the middle of what's already too clouded anyway. Because I can go. I, and this is how I started doing mine anyway. Mm-hmm. Is I just cut my agency out and I can do my own marketing right. you know, I got a team around me I got guys we hustlers like we're gonna figure it out mm-hmm. so talk to me about what the how does that make sense when you're adding another entity into a a, a, a market space that's already kind of yeah clouded yeah absolutely so um, agents are absolutely a part of this pie um, so what we do on the athlete side is we take a five percent success fee from from cash payments so if an athlete's represented by their agent on the platform agents can download the app as well they manage all the campaigns manage all the profiles etc um, the athlete has to you know, opt in and say, yes, this is my agent. I agree. But at that point, we just take 5%. It's for them to still work out. On the brand side of things, they can either come in for free. So they can come in for free and pay a 9.5% transaction fee. Or if they're a subscriber at 250 a month, it brings their transaction fee down to 5% gross as well. So on a $100 transaction, they give the app $109.50. The athlete still goes home with $95. Or you know, the agency goes home with $95, and they split it to their athlete. Um, as they see fit. But we, you know, we obviously vetted that with, with agents. You know, we had some agents who said, hey, what you're doing is co-brokerage. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do it all the time. You know, hey, I'm working on a deal with company X, and oh, actually my boy's got a perfect fit for this. And then, mm-hmm. hey, we'll go 10-10 we'll go on this? Mm-hmm. Cool, we'll go 10-10. Yeah. We don't want to try to go 10-10. Go We've had some guys who said 7.5 is perfect. He said, well, let's enter the market in a place where everyone's comfortable with it. We'll go 5. We'll go under a little bit. You know, I don't want to, I'm not going to say we're going to Uber it and, you know, double right. <laughs> double up or anything like right, that, no but doubt. there's always room to, to wiggle. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so what would be something that you feel like you need going forward, something that you feel like is really going to help the, the company? Um, and it can be funding, it can yep. be anything. Like, what what's something that you feel like if you had it by tonight, yeah. this thing would, would jump tomorrow? 
honestly, I, I do believe that a, a huge portion of it is, is that funding. Um, there's just, there's so much to build, you know, and there's also sort of an adjacent product that's on the cusp. We've already, we've already priced it out, costed it out, et cetera. That's going to be a little bit more specific And apps to are expensive to build and create. Oh man, are, yes. they, are they ever? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things because, you know, we want to be pouring our money into, into marketing right now, but it's just not realistic just yet. Like we're just so close to just, okay, we can really start going with this. You know, the brand is so tight. The new website and everything we've built is just gorgeous. The, the mission that we're speaking to, everything we know that it's going to resonate, um, especially with, you know, everything that's happening in the U.S. with NIL, the new NIL laws, the NCAA athletes. Um, so there's just such an opportunity. And we know that we, I, I really do believe we have the most comprehensive tech that's looked at it from sort of all sides. Um, and it's just getting there. And we know it's going to come, you know, it's the, it's the slow burn and things like that. But that's probably one of the, one of the last hurdles to, to really get in there. Nice. What is a, what does a company look like? What you said you have a, a five of tech is you. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a board, let's just, for lack of a better yep. term, call it the board. What does that look like? Like, how is the pie split right now? And you don't have to give me numbers, but yep. just give me, like, people. Yeah, absolutely. So there's our, our five on the uh, tech side of things um, are essentially even over there. And then it was myself as the founder. Then we've brought in a, a head of sales as well since. Um, we have a few interns as well working away. And then sort of the next hires are going to be um, actually one of our founding team members, sadly, is he's, he's got to go to his other job full time. He's our designer. Nice. Um, so we'll be replacing him in the, in the near future. And not everybody on the team is full time yet as well. So we've been able to get here without everybody being full time, which is, you know, a testament to, to their grind, to be honest, because they go from coding to coding. Uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how they do it. Right. But um, so that with some interns and then obviously looking to expand when the when the round. And you talked up. about a pre-seed. So where are you guys at in terms of raising capital and where do you want to get to? Yeah, absolutely. So we've raised a few hundred thousand. Um, we are going to we were going to do um, a little bit more of a price round. But we've sort of put the the halt on a full full seed round. We're kind of actually looking to do a, a bridged seed, I guess you could say. That's just thrown around vernacular for the sake, I guess. But we just want to extend our runway for, you know, another six, eight, ten months. Um, get a little bit more of business case studies, be able to show exactly what we've done. Really show that product market fit before we hunker down and do the old, you know, road show, as they say. I've been mm-hmm. warned how painful that is. So we want to make sure we're prepped and we have the real, you know, use cases shown from every sort of side. Nice. Okay. Hmm. What you think, D? I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like the fact that you, uh, a lot of what we've asked you, you've responded with data, and data matters. Like when you're talking to investors, when you're talking to brands, um, you've constantly used data points to reinforce why your business will work. And I think that tells me you've thought it out. I appreciate you've that. You've thought it out, and your response wasn't, it wasn't no, like prepared. Yeah, he's you know prepared. what I mean. And with data, so like, what don't you like? Um, if anything, I, I'm not gonna make you make right. something up that you don't. Yeah, like. Yeah, there's not much I don't like, but I'd ask the question. So up to now, you've self-funded. Uh, for the most part, so we did a friends and family round, and we've had a few angels come in, um, mostly through personal networks and the like. But they've come in on some convertible notes and things like that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. So I, if, if I can give you a piece of what I would do, um, and we talk about this a lot, it's like a lot of times what we try to do is we try to do all, everything by ourselves. So I'm not... What's your? Let me ask you this first. What is your goal? Like, what's your end goal? Where do you see this company going? And, yeah. and what's your ultimate vision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's such an incredible opportunity over the next few years to you know capture this market and do it the right way. Um, do it based off human values and things like that, and really be the only person who's you know planting our flag in the ground to do it that way. Um, and then, I, you know, over the next four to five years, there's, I think there's a lot of acquisition opportunities. You know, we have our we have some of our acquisition targets sort of circled on our on our little mm-hmm. private board, and we have that stuff in in mind. But, you know, I think there's a chance to have a lot of fun. You know, for me to hang my cleats up, build this thing, and you know, we got. I look at our competitors the same way I look at our rivals. You know, on a football field, watching their tape, going through their feature list, they're pricing all these different things, and I'm excited to transition out of sports into this full time and just you know go crazy with it, and then get out of it when the when the getting's good and and enjoy life nice so um for me i would say have you thought about as the, you did a friends and family round so now as you start to target you, you're going to have to target certain players or athletes or whatever these influencers is there opportunity to cut equity with these guys as you are athletes yourself you mm-hmm. understand the value in that that could be very lucrative for me mm-hmm. right you start to say say you're selling the fred van vliet okay mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't want I don't want all of the perks and the cash and the things or whatever you got for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this company A over here, that's that's cool. That's great. But like there has to be some push for equity on your side and with the companies as well, right? So I think that's something that could be very lucrative and that will help you reach out more. Now you're going to have to cut the pie again. Yeah. You're going to have to slice and we don't like to do that because, you know, we all want to be the next such and such, but I think that's something that could be powerful mm-hmm. as we're talking about Black Lives Matter, as we're talking about all these different things like we have to start including mm-hmm. each other because they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it first. And here you are, the black man, a Canadian black man in in this field. I think that's something that could go a long way. No, I I really appreciate that because I I don't think you're wrong by any stretch. I I totally agree. You know, we've thought about how to and when's the right time to when's sort of right bring time. in those. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And and even flipping it the other way, like you said, like almost allowing the we don't like to use the word marketplace, but you know, yeah, the marketplace allowing brands to you know find ways to activate athletes the same way. Yeah. I do think it's you know, it makes my if nothing else, it gets my it gets my heart yeah, excited absolutely. for the opportunities. And, uh, another question I had was. Um, is like you said, you said the word marketplace. Is it is it gonna be like a free roam marketplace where all of the users join the app and you just you you find you know whoever you like or whatever? Or do you guys have a team who's gonna come in and and, and mesh that? Because I know you're talking about building the profiles and things, mm-hmm. but are you going to help that process of putting the pieces together? Absolutely. So we want to. Unlike some of our competitors who go in the middle, not because they're trying to help, but because they're trying to avoid being circumvented, yeah. um, we want to allow for that freedom of communication while we're building these algorithms that are going to, you know, make that whole help, process yeah. easier. So, you know, we identified four main sort of churn points of where somebody would come, especially, you know, the business model of a freemium. The biggest 
detractor of it, the biggest problem I think is that you can sign up and then, well, I didn't give, I didn't give you guys a thousand bucks already. And, oh, a bur- squirrel and forget and move on with your day. So we've identified these spots. We want to make sure that we can help people, you know, through the process. And if they do need help, we always have customer success managers, you know, that are, that you're, they're able to reach out to and, Hey, you know, did you, can you help me build a list, et cetera? Can you help me launch campaigns? What we're working on right now is we sort of just are, you know, reentering the market from beta is we're going to help you. Let's launch your first campaign. We're going to give you 15, 20 people we think work. You, you take it from there sort of thing. So I think there's value there, but we still do want to allow it to be open and, and for everybody to just sort of to work, work through it themselves if they would. Nice. I like it. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I like it. I really and you that. are, like you said, you have an agent, you're represented by an agency. What role do they play in this? Are you partnering? Are you working on partnering with agencies or management mm-hmm. companies or like that that say, hey, we can make this happen. You send us your guys or your girls or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, has that been talked about? Yeah. So we uh, we we have some some pretty decent sized uh, agencies signed up already. Um, you know, I, I, you actually, I think you know Brian Levine pretty well, pretty well yourself. So you know, we have we have a lot of Canadian agents. We have some American ones as well. And the value for them really is the fact that you know we all we all know if an agency has thirty athletes. Three or four of them are the top earners. They're the ones, no you know. Doubt. It's 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 Andre DeGrasse, Mr. Gold Medal himself, or yeah. you know, or it's you know Blake Griffin at, at Excel, or whatever it is that they're just waiting for the next contract on. And the majority of the, of the clients just kind of get left by the wayside. And the value of this platform to an agency is that you know what I sort of talked about about making sure every social post is commodified and all these different opportunities there are, is that now it's becomes a little bit pass, more passive for them. You know, there's actually these opportunities because a 10k check for you know. Uh, a CFL player, oh my gosh, that's that's life changing. Ten k check for for an Olympian is huge. For an agent, you know, twenty five hundred bucks. It's like, is it worth the paperwork, et cetera? So a lot of the times, it's just like, yeah, okay, or right, you know, exactly. it, it gets pushed along. But now yeah. streamlining it, making it easier, handling contracts on the platform, all these different things, means that the rest of that, you know, that eighty percent of the client roster that wasn't really touched or wasn't really worried about too much, now they get the chances. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, my other question I had was. Um, have you guys thought about expanding outside of athletes? Because as you said, it's it's not athletes anymore. It's influencers, and there's a there's a million different types of, of influencers. So I know your focus is is sports because you come from sports. But has there been thought about uh, media, um, entertainment, um, YouTube, or whoever you know, for lack of a better term, all these different platforms where these these streaming people and these people with these audiences they need access to these things as well because I don't have a bunch of experience on what those guys' agents <laughs> do or yeah. don't do, but I'm a pretty – I would call myself an expert in, in this field, mm-hmm. um, so I know what that looks like. But I'm assuming it's all the same game. I think for the, for the most part, yeah. Um, you know, our sort of our, our thoughts are we need to make sure we – you know, you got to do one thing great, of course, so that's, and that's athletes for us. But, you know, eSports is right there. It's the it's the easiest sort of lateral step, and then from there, as we both know, you know, or as we all know here, you know, CAA represents these however many hundreds of athletes the same way they have this many hundreds of entertainers, like you mentioned. So there's a lot of opportunities there, and you know, Jennifer Aniston can throw up a post for L'Oreal and probably maybe making you know a few hundred thousand dollars. So there's there's so many opportunities there. Um, it's just about you know proving it out, proving the concept that this can be the new way, because that's the other thing, right? Is you know, you got to convince brands and agents who often are a little antiquated in their approach. You know, someone would probably be still using a BlackBerry with a side scroll if they mm-hmm. could. Um, that this can be a way. You know, they're not being replaced. We're helping you. Like, we're, we're helping them make this easier for you. So as long as we can do that here with athletes, then there's absolutely opportunities in all these other markets. 
Nice. So you're basically focused on the centers of influence, i.e. the agents and people like that. Correct. So do they do they get to participate? Because you guys were talking about sharing that pie. Mm-hmm. You see agents or agencies being able to participate. Um, yeah. So it's I guess the the big thing is it would have to be you know, and I've talked about this with, with some of my advisors, uh, some of which who came from you know Excel just before her her previous role, um, and it's you got to be a little hesitant just because you know if. Let's use Excel um, as an example. If Excel has a big chunk of it, you know, does CAA want to put their athletes anywhere near it because they might be getting preferential this, that, that. So there's a little bit of hesitation around, you know, entities or organizations, just like, you know, with media companies, how that could potentially go. Um, but I do think there's there's opportunities there. You know, I've spoken to spoken to some agents and stuff who are interested. Um, it's just a it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a gray area. You want to walk, I want to tread a little kindly on, but it's there. Right. And I think there's one question I have that I'm sitting here thinking about. You mentioned the CFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with athletes. Um, I think the hardest athletes in the world to get endorsement or marketing opportunities for are football players because mm-hmm. no one sees <laughs> their face. We don't know who they are. Yeah. Unless you're one of the most elite in that sport, mm-hmm. you don't know who they are because they wear a helmet. How do you, how do you plan to? Yeah, actually. So obviously near and dear to my heart um, is my CFL guys. So one of the things we're focusing on right now is actually going to local businesses in each of the nine CFL cities. Um, we want to recruit local businesses. We're talking about restaurants, breweries, et cetera, um, who would, you know, they would see a market business, um, you know, impact from it. You know, we worked at the local Ottawa gym. Actually, the boxing studio was just opening. Connected four guys, four CFL guys to it with them. Um, they saw, I think it was like 35% on all socials in, in terms of growth once all the guys posted. They, they did a cool little shoot, biceps flex and all that good stuff. <laughs> um, so there's there's real opportunities there, you know, but it's, like you said, it's probably not going to be Nike. It's probably not going to be, you know, Bose or whatever because ACFL is a little bit less marketable and I mean, either we're ugly or our faces are covered. So, <laughs> well, and it's interesting you say that because I wonder if it's because I heard I heard uh, I think it was Jalen Rose or somebody joke about NFL stands for not fun league, mm. you know. And so, is it is it that that industry back to this whole Black Lives Matter yep. thing we're talking about has that industry, you know, not supported the individuality of these athletes? I mean, like an athlete. You know, athletes run off of energy, right? So when you dunk or when you block a shot or you catch a pass, like there's energy that you're going to exert, and the fans buy into that. That's why they're there. That's why they're there. When in the NFL, I don't know about CFL, but they tell you don't celebrate that. Keep your helmet on and just go back to the sideline when that's that's the moment, right? Mm-hmm. They've actually started flagging it now in the NFL. You can't even you can't even throw yeah, your peace sign anymore, Tyree. I, mean, I grew yeah. up watching a guy named Billy White Shoes Johnson, mm-hmm. and you know he'd go down there and dance for like five <laughs> minutes after he scored, right? So you knew him. Mm-hmm. So I I do think there's a part of that. I think that football in general, and it'll probably be gone in the next ten to fifteen years with sort of the new wave of coaching. I feel like, but there is one thousand percent even even not even not even institutionally, sorry, not even by the leagues, but just coaches. There's a lot of coaches that don't want individuality they they see you know a personality as someone trying to be bigger than a logo and it's just it's not true obviously you know what i mean it's like we've all we've all seen fred you know scream after a three that doesn't mean that he's saying i'm bigger than the rap but for some reason in football logic that's how it works and it's craziness it's so i agree yeah I'm, yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna say because i mean it's position right a tackle can't celebrate <laughs> i mean an offensive tackle can't celebrate because he saved the quarterback mm-hmm. but when you run in the end zone for 50 yards of your sprint the whole stadium has bought into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's tough. I, genuinely, I mean, I think that's why Odell became the superstar he was because he, I think he kind of just said, "Screw it, like, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pop my helmet. I'm just gonna be me unapologetically, no questions asked," which is kind of rare, I think, a little bit than nowadays. Yeah. So, staying on that subject, how 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 are you guys going to hold some of these entities accountable? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously there's money to be made, but also in that, it seems to be that this side of the table. The black people are the ones who have to hold the integrity and push for the integrity because it's not been given. So how do you have a plan to hold some of these entities accountable as you're making deals and connecting the gap? Yeah, actually. So we've we've actually officially partnered with Athletes Can. Um, I think I can say that because by the time of airing, that'll be public. So I feel good about that. <laughs> so Athletes Can's governing body for all national Olympic Paralympic members. Um, and one of the clauses in our partnership is that we need to work with them on athlete rights um, because there's athlete marketing rights are abused in, in, you know, in quote unquote amateur sports. I hate that term because some of those people are freaks. They could do what mm-hmm. I can never do what they do. 1,000%. Um, but, you know, whether it's not actually, not that they're the actual um, problem, but whether it's alpine skiing or, you know, swimming Canada, wrestling, et cetera, um, they all have different athlete agreements. And we've agreed that, hey, we're going to be front and center with them, you know, pounding the pavement, working with working with teams to make sure that no one's being, you know, taken advantage of because there are some out there that have historically tried to very literally stop their athletes from getting sponsorship because it conflicted with, you know, the sponsors of their team or XYZ. And there's just, there's obviously opportunities for all of it to work together. We've seen it. I mean, I'll use Andre as an example again. He's a Puma athlete who runs in Nike when he's with Team, when he's with, uh, team Canada because that's what he has to do. No problem at all. It works. And so that's something that we're dedicated to, um, you know, and I think that's, you know, for athletes, by athletes, that's, that's part of it. And it's just, it's going to be a trickle-down effect that I think is super positive for the future. Nice. Nice. What do you think? You like it? You said you I like, like it. it. Yeah, anything I like that you would tweak, change, advice? Uh, I think I would probably pay. You mentioned, uh, he mentioned several times about um, acquisitions. Mm. And to me, it seems a little bit premature at this stage of the game. Um, I'd be thinking about revenue. Mm-hmm. And if those acquisitions were going to lead to more revenue, I might so get it. it yeah. But I'm thinking – in my mind, I'm more focused on the centers of influence because I don't know that you've explored the agency thing to the max mm-hmm. to where agencies or agents and agencies, you mentioned Excel or whoever they are, um, they should become your business partners. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of convincing them what's in it. I think, you know, even when we talk about Black Lives Matter, right, there's, there's a capitalistic world that we all live in, and it's green. And if we sometimes, you know, I'm not going to say those other barriers don't exist, but sometimes we have to show people what's in it for them, mm-hmm. right? Yep. In the middle of Black Lives Matter, the league he plays for, they walked away. And, it, you know, and, and a lot of other sports followed. And you can believe a lot of phones were ringing saying we're losing <laughs> a lot of freaking money. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say something, let's do something. So. I guess the point is, is you know, in your space, if you look at those centers of influence as potential business partners, there might be some revenue mm-hmm. out there for you. No, absolutely. And you might be able to grow it faster and bigger. 1,000%. I think for me, um, for me, it would be, I'm anti-agent, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> yeah, and you're a player, so you can understand it. Um, and I've worked myself into a position to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I'm thinking about your company and your concept, there's two roadblocks there because I'm hearing you say you would like to use an agency, but you're fearful that other agencies 
will not participate because of that. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a problem that mm -hmm. you feel that way because at the end of the day, it's for athletes by athletes, mm -hmm. as we're saying, right? So to me, I would say, y'all watch out. This is for the athletes, and we're going to empower these guys because I don't know your experience with agencies as somebody who's probably been looked over, pushed to the side. If you're with a big agency, we don't need to say names. Um, empower those guys because we, we all matter, and it's only going to go as far as we all take it. And I think that the concept should be, it should move from how do I make Derek, the basketball player, as much money as possible to how do I get Derek and you and your families and your friends and your circle, how do I empower all of those people around us? And I think there's a big chunk of that pie that goes to agents and agencies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this whole app is built on the work that the app that the agencies are supposed to be doing. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Without a doubt. So I think that's something to think about. Um, just athlete to athlete, that's something to think about. And I told you where I stand on the side of the fence, so it's easier for me to say. Um, but, like, I think that the, the goal should ultimately be to let each individual do as much as they want to. Mm. Because not every athlete wants to do all the work, but some do. I mean, you're sitting here in front of me. You have to play this season, correct? Mm -hmm. You're sitting here in front of us selling the app. You know what I mean? That's a big deal. You play Saturday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you about to jump on a plane and go play a game and run into a brick wall. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that I think that's that's the part that we're missing. And that's something that me and D are both passionate about is empowering the individual and if there is a circumvention there to get around some of those old traditional, uh, uh, what do they call them, gatekeepers, I think that we should push for that. And this, what you're telling me today, is something that could be big. But how are we going to choose to go forward? Because, like D said, it's green. Mm -hmm. And it's about the green at the end of the day, or we wouldn't be sitting here. But how do you get there? Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a vision question and a goal question that you would have to come up with in between and to, it's not important to everybody it's really not it's important to me like I'm not going to do everything that walks through the door because it doesn't make sense or you have to cut my people in you have to empower my other people you have to give this person you know the opportunity to prove that we are worth it because we are cast in this world and we're at the bottom to them so that's my that's me on my speech there and i appreciate every every second of it for sure i, I want to add to that because i think that's really what this app is you use the word empowerment mm. somewhere in there you should incorporate that yep because it is about empowerment like from what i do with him i give him information and what you're saying is you're going to give people a platform the platform is there to empower them mm. to take control of of their marketing and you know to his point what fred has been able to do is he's empowered in all parts of his career, right? So that's why you use the word anti-agent. It's like I'm the performer, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, agents, I want to say this correctly, <laughs> um, but, you know, I just want to say it, right? Nobody who works for you can go on that field and do what you can do. Nobody can go do what he can do. Any, 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 any influencer 
Nobody can go and do what Kim Kardashian does. What you can do is you can empower them and give them more information or expand their platform to be more successful. That's what you have there. And I think that that's going to be big because if, and again, like I said, every person, every athlete doesn't want to do all of the work. But if I give them the information to say, hey, you're 80% of your Instagram followers are, are 15 and under. So we should, we should reshape how we think about what brands we want to work with because I know you love Rolls Royce, but, hey, maybe we should we should uh, focus on Fortnite or something like that. Like let's, And I think that if you give the people, that's, that's our duty, and that's one thing that I'm going to leave you with is that's our duty is to just share the information that we have because I'm sure you have way more information today than you had a year ago and a million times more information than you had 10 years ago. So it's our job to share that information, and that's kind of why we're here as a separate thing is to we have to network and share the information because these things are purposely being kept from us, like, and they have been from the beginning of time. So the more info we get, the more powerful we get, and then we can all make money and, and laugh and enjoy our life the way we want to, but I think the info is the biggest part, and that's where I feel like when I say anti I love agents, obviously. I wouldn't be here without an agent. They need, they need to do the deals. But most agencies hire a marketing firm anyway. So let's let the agent do what the agent does. Let's let the marketing people do what the marketing people do. But guess what? You should know what everybody's doing. You should have access to those accounts, to those informations, to the, to the data. You should have access to that. So that's my passionate speech on, on that because I do feel strongly about it, and I feel like it's a huge void that we don't focus on. And... I think Rock Nation started to, to, to empower that side of it. I don't know where they're at today, um, but there's a void there. And I think that this, what you're doing, could, could help that fight. And I, I really appreciate that. And, hey, em, empowerment, I mean, that's a, word, that's a word I hold near and dear to my heart, absolutely. So I, uh, I feel you completely there. And I think there's, like you said, there's so many opportunities for, especially for the ones, like you said, who think they want to do it or dip their toe in. Like, yeah. that's, what we're, that's what we're here to do. No doubt. So are you... Um, you guys, you did a friends and family round. Mm -hmm. Are you more focused on, I know we're going to broadcast this out publicly, obviously, but are you more focused on getting the funds privately and then broadcasting the, the, the app? Or are you, is it something that you want to get the idea out and then see what happens? Yeah, so we're sort of doing both. Um, I'm, I'm in pseudo fundraise uh, modes we're doing like i mentioned we're sort of doing it as a convertible note kind of going through you know more personal connections rather than going to sequoia and knocking on the door that's it's not the time for that at all right now you know we want to have some more data and then yeah like we we're we're out there we're we're soft launch essentially so we haven't done a full or done our full pr run yet which will be coming later this uh later this fall um but in the meantime you know makes every single time we go to have another one of those calls, you know, another, hopefully another deals happen and it just gets easier and easier to sort of speak to some of the successes and traction and product market fit and whatnot. So it's, uh, it's tough. You know, I, I am practice at around one thirty. I get, I get in the training room for half an hour and then I literally go home. My first meetings at two thirty every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I usually go till seven or 8 PM at least on, on calls and stuff before getting to the emails. So we're doing it and it's a, uh, it's a blast. Awesome. Awesome, man. I love that Nate's a dreamer. Uh, his energy, uh, his positivity, uh, it, it, you could see the passion. You could hear the passion. You could feel the passion come through um, when he was presenting to us. 
Um, I think that he's very detailed. I love the way that he's built the company um, and trusting other people to, to lend their expertise. Um, and I think for me, I just, I could see the sports in him, you know, with being on a team and um, being coachable and being accountable. Um, but he definitely reminded me of uh, somebody that D-Folk will work with. Uh, Derek was smiling ear to ear, um, listening to him. Well, you know, I think I was impressed because Nate came in with the data. You know, he was, he was probably a little bit more aware of his numbers and data uh, probably more than anybody else we've spoken to thus far. Um, and I think the great thing about that is then he can use a tool like QuickBooks or a program like QuickBooks Online to, you know, become more aware of as he plugs in and he begins to, you know, um, create sales for his company or revenue starts to come in. He can use QuickBooks to always, you know, take a look at his financial reports, get a sense of where his cash flow is, um, he could begin to create a real roadmap for spending uh, money and investing in the company where he needs to and tracking his performance. Um, and I think that uh, QuickBooks is the perfect tool, and that's the only thing I would say because he knows the data. So if he finds a tool to plug all that data in, I think he's going to be great. And uh, he can also use that to help put together his budget um, to make sure that he's yielding the type of return that he and his investors are seeking. For sure. And also with building that team um, and having everybody on the same page, I think that, you know, a lot of the people that we talked to were looking for something in terms of uh, another voice or, or person of leadership in their in their camp. And I think that um, with building a company, having QuickBooks uh, is a major tool um, because you can share the access to the account and you can also monitor that so everybody doesn't need to have the same level of clearance. Um, and you can kind of cap it out however you want, but there's still access in real time and being able to share those things, share reports or trends, um, and just staying on track. So I think that's a big tool um, in my eyes. Got anything else for him, dude? No, I'm good. Thank you, Thanks covered for it, sharing, man. man. Yes, we want to wish you much success on yes. your journey. Um, congratulations that, that you're even doing this. It's awesome. Um, you were great. I was very prepared. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> Trust me. I appreciate um, you guys. Yeah, so thanks, man. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Nate Bahar with Firework, uh, for sharing their story with us today. Um, and we want to wish him the best. also want to thank our sponsor, Intuit, and our network partner, ACAST. This is Fred Van Vliet with The Bet on Yourself with my co-host, D Folk, closing out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.